You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hi, and welcome to our monthly podcast covering the latest releases of the AIB-sponsored Irish Manufacturing and Services PMIs. I'm Paul Ward from our Treasury Unit, and joining me on this podcast is our Chief Economist, Oliver Mangan. Good morning, Ollie. Good morning. If I can start with the Irish Manufacturing PMI data, the PMI showed slower growth in November. Can you bring us through those November details and the key findings of the report, please? Well, as you say, Paul, uh, the sector lost momentum, a bit of momentum. But I think the first thing to say is it continues to expand at a very strong rate of growth, right? Uh, and granted, there's been some easing from the exceptionally high growth rates we've seen in recent months. So the index came in just below 60, 59.9, which in itself is a very, very strong reading. Uh, and it was down from 62.1 in October. However, that index reading to 59.9, that is higher than in any month before April of this year. And we're going back 25 years in terms of the survey, just to put it in context. And there is very strong global growth in manufacturing. Uh, and in Ireland's case, even though the index dropped back a bit, it still remains above, you know, the pretty high levels we're seeing in the Eurozone, the UK for November. So overall, I think it's 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 absolutely true, true to say that the, the growth rate has slowed somewhat, but the pace of expansion remains, um, you know, very, very strong. And we can see that through the survey. I mean, um, if you look at the main subcomponents, uh, what you're generally seeing is strong readings, but the pace of growth easing slightly from the levels we've seen in recent months. So the output index remained at a very high level, but you know, again, the rate of expansion slowed. Ali, why is it why why is it slowing? Sorry to interrupt you, but like, what in your view are you surprised that it's slowing, or why is it supposed to slow? What you, it may be somewhat to do with the rising COVID case numbers, but I think what we're seeing is that these you know, we saw a very rapid expansion in economic activity in the second third quarters of the year yeah as economies opened up and there's no way that rate of growth is going to be sustained so it's not surprising to yeah. see the, the rate of expansion moderating from i suppose the really sharp rebounds we saw a uh, uh, for the six month period let's say april through to september october yeah. um so that is not surprising. And I think, as I stress, the pace of growth, I mean, what these index readings are telling you, is this is the sector expanding or declining? If it's above yeah. 50, it's expanding. If it's below 50, it's declining. And then at what pace? Well, the pace remains very, very strong. So it's just virtually 60 there. That's a very, very high rate. But it is somewhat down on what we saw uh, in the months through the summer and uh, early part of the and autumn. Can, and can I ask you, Ollie, just in terms of, say, the cost of raw materials or, say, the inflationary pressures that continue out there, I mean, are they, are they a factor that are, that are kind of causing that to kind of come down month on month? Not, not really, I'd say. Okay. I mean, what we're seeing in terms of the, if you look at the subcomponents, you know, output continues to rise. The new orders, you know, re- re- registered another smart increase uh, in the month. Employment continues to, 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 to rise. Now, what we are seeing, though, is capacity constraints remain a very key feature uh, in the sector. You know, backlogs of unfinished work or backlogs of orders, that continues to rise sharply. Um, the delivery times, in terms of waiting for supply for inputs, that continues to lengthen, you know, from you know at, at record levels, uh, and you know, so what we're seeing is ongoing pressure on supply chains. Uh, firms may be actually struggling to find workers in terms of, of meet the backlogs of orders, yeah. and so it's not surprising, and, and that sort of backdrop where you still have you know strong growth in orders, shortages in terms of supply of inputs, labour shortages, capacity constraints. 
uh, that you've seen continued upward pressure on input costs. And that's particularly noticeable in the survey. I mean, you know, manufacturers reporting higher energy prices, higher transportation costs, yeah. higher price for raw materials. The inputs they're getting in are all rising uh, at a pretty rapid rate. And that, you know, was reflected then and manufacturers are actually passing on those higher input costs. The, the rate of increase in terms of what we call their output prices or what they're charging yeah. was at the fastest rate on record. And the survey goes back to whatever, 1998. Okay. So I think it's it's absolutely true that, that inflationary pressures remain very strong in the sector, being what manufacturers are paying for their inputs, paying for their wages, and then what they're charging their customers. And then, Oli, in relation to um, a lot of the features that you mentioned there, comparable to the Eurozone PMIs in the UK, uh, how do we stack up? Yeah, well, we're at um, we're at just below 60, right? Yeah. And they're in the region around 58, 58 and a half. So okay. the, 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 the similar features there, you know, outputs continue to expand strongly in the manufacturing sector globally. And they are experiencing the same type of problems manufacturers here are at, which is yeah. you know, we, there's a big focus on, you can see it in the States in terms of you know, Joe Biden having uh, the transportation people in, trying to unblock the, the ports, et cetera. Yeah. So this is a big factor in terms of you know, supply time deliveries are lengthening, uh, upper pressure and input costs uh, and rising inflationary pressures. And we've seen, you know, consumer prices you know rise at levels we haven't seen for 30 40 years yeah. so this is actually feeding through to the shop floor uh in terms of what people pay for goods and services so there's there's i suppose there's a surge in demand there's capacity constraints in terms of meeting that yeah. there's rising rapidly rising energy costs in particular upper pressure on wages bottlenecks in supply chains so you have the classic ingredients there for uh you know inflationary problems the, the big question is well, how long will they last will they persist and uh, will the central banks eventually respond on hike interest rates? Yeah, and, and can I ask you, Ollie, just, just kind of, I'm just thinking of what's gone on in the US in the last couple of days. Like, would you be a little bit more concerned about the inflationary pressures that are there now? Because I suppose they've, they've removed the, the transitory kind of comment, I think, isn't it, from their... They have, the Fed has, in terms of inflation, the rise of inflation proven transitory. Having said that, you know, oil prices have fallen from $85 a barrel back to 70 in the last okay. uh, couple of weeks, okay? Yeah. And that's been a key driver of inflation. I think the concern is that the new variant of COVID that was first uh, noticed in South Africa, yeah. that, if that leads to, you know, more restrictions and, God forbid, lockdowns, you're just going to accentuate the problems here in terms of supply chains and delays. Yeah. So it'll yeah. offset the impact in terms of, of lower um, energy costs. So the answer to your question, it's probably unknown. I mean, there's yeah. upside and downside risks here uh, in terms of the impact of that Omicron variant. So we'll have to wait and see in terms of its impacts. Well, that, that's definitely a question then we'll ask in December, Ali. Um, just moving across to the services sector, Ali, the AIB Irish Services PMI recorded another marked uh, rise in business activity in November. Mind you, that said, the, the rate of growth slowed notably since October. What's your thoughts yeah, the, on the release? Yeah, the, the pace of deceleration here in the rate of growth was probably more pronounced than the manufacturing. Yeah. Now, it's one, um, it fell to a slight, the index reading is slightly lower, it's 59.3 versus 59.9 for manufacturing, but it's coming off a higher level. I mean, this yeah. index has been traveling at 63, 64, right through the summer, even up at 66. So again, I make the point, there is a, there is a noticeable moderation in the pace of growth, but business is still expanding at a very strong pace. Yeah. And the more than the, the more than the manufacturing survey, you know, the, the components there show the same thing in terms of 
uh, slowdown in terms of new orders or new business. Job creation still strong, but easing to a, to a six-month low. Firms remaining optimistic on the 12-month outlook, but it's the index fell to an eight-month low. So, um, you know, there is a moderation from very high levels in the pace of growth in, in, in service sector. What was noticeable as well, what was noticeable as well is there's four, there's four sectors in the survey. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the pace of deceleration was noticeable in all four. So you go from the tourism, travel sector to financial services, yeah. to to from business services to media and telecoms and technology. The slowdown was evident in all all the um, all the surveys. And mind you, they all came in with a reading around the same, close to sixty, as in line with the overall index. So it's 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 fairly broad based. And the respondents there actually referenced the impact of rising COVID case numbers dampening down on demand. Um, so yeah. th- that was fairly consistent across responses. So I think you know the services sector is probably more exposed to rising COVID case numbers. I mean, the, the manufacturing sector didn't go to lockdown earlier on the year. The service sector, large parts of the service sector were. So you know, rising COVID case numbers impacts on the delivery of services. You yeah. can think of hospitality, you can think of retail, et cetera. Yeah. So it's not surprising that it's been called up more uh, in November. You know, the, the surge in new case numbers, the announcement of restrictions, particularly in hospitality, dampening down demand somewhat. But I say the, the key thing here is is it's still expanding at a fairly high rate historically. Yeah, and um, it, it'll be interesting to see how it goes over the next couple of months, Holly, especially what you mentioned there with the um, the new variant and, and just the rise in cases as well and what impact that will have. Can I just ask, Holly, one last question, if you don't mind? Uh, like, what are the PMIs collectively telling us about the state of the Irish economy at the moment? And how do you see that as we go into 2022? Um, that's a good question. I, I think what we've seen this year has been a far more rapid rebound in the pace of economic activity that was, let's anticipated at the start of the year. Remember last January, we were in deep lockdown, right? It lasted a long time. And people are saying, this is this will be a write-off year. In fact, both the, the export sector and the domestic sector of the economy have expanded very, very strongly. What we're seeing um, as we approach the closing months of the year is some lost momentum, which is not that surprising, uh, from the very strong growth which is saw through the summer and autumn. Uh, against the backdrop of rising case numbers. And also, also, I would say, no sign yet of any abating of the upper pressure on inflation, be it in manufacturing, be it in services, be it their input costs, be it their output costs. Uh, and then, um, you know, firms remain optimistic on the 12-month outlook. But I would say as we as we approach end year, and we're seeing this now, we got we got a survey from the OECD this week. So it's a biannual survey in terms of the economic outlook. What they focused on was heightened uncertainty. We've had a good recovery, uh, but will it last? And you know, front and center are questions we dealt with already. I mean, our their principal concern is that the virus is persisting despite. Uh, you know, high vaccinations and the new variants are emerging, yeah. and that threatens the economic outlook for next year. Now, I don't, I, I don't mean we're going to go back into lockdowns, but you can see that services survey there how they say it, it's actually beginning to dampen down in terms of demand. Yeah, and the OECD also highlighted the risk that uh, there's a risk that this. You know, inflation for a year is not a problem. I mean, um, if, if prices rise on a once-off basis, they, they say that there's a growing concern that this may persist. Yeah. And um, I suppose the reference in particular, ongoing supply, sorry, ongoing disruptions to supply chains. And secondly, and we're seeing the Irish economy as well, you know, 
a return to full employment quicker than we anticipated, labor shortages. So there you have upper pressure on wages. So if you have upper pressure on wages, we have high levels of savings within the economy. Yeah. Uh, and we have supply constraints in terms of can't get goods to the shops or service producers are under pressure to meet demand. You have the risk of a more persistent inflation problem than you thought. Yeah. So they, they call that out. So I think I would say the optimistic thing is we've, we've come through this much better shape i mean this has been a very rough two years but we're we're in much better shape than we might have expected but we're not out the door yet i mean we might be out of, we might be out of intensive care but we're not out of the hospital in terms of the state of the economy here there's further challenges to come next year there's very a lot of uncertainty out there uh and you know risks remain so i, I think obviously trying to bring uh COVID under control and it, it's quite clear now this is a as as the uh World Health Organization are saying, you know, uh, this ha- task has to be done on a global basis in terms of the distribution of vaccines, etc. We've got to vaccinate the global population or else we are going to see new variants emerge all the time. So that has to be and still remains the priority for 2022 in terms of, I suppose, removing a large element of uncertainty around the economic outlook. While we still have high COVID case numbers, new variants, the economic outlook is going to remain uncertain. Yeah, so in 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 summary, Ollie, um, the 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 readings remain strong, um, but at the same time, a lot of concerns in relation to inflation and and the the ongoing issues with COVID. Yeah, um, you'd have to you'd have to think the readings are going to soften over just j- 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 sorry sorry December and January in particular, particularly for the services sectors. You know, yeah, um, would imagine so. Restrictions yeah. and lockdowns been well, not lockdowns here, but lockdowns in some countries, rising restriction numbers. It, it's you know and. Consumers are going to be more cautious. So uh, no, it's it's not it's not lockdown territory. No, but I think the the the, the signs there of a softening in demand and slowing the pace of growth and activity. I'd have to say, I think that's going to persist over the winter here. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with Jolly. Even without a lockdown, I suppose that the guidance is, look, people should be kind of reducing their, their socialization and other bits and pieces, then yes, it, it should have an impact. Ollie, as always, thanks for your time this morning. And thank you to all our customers and listeners for joining us today. Stay close to all our latest podcasts by pressing the subscribe button on AIB's Market Talk, wherever you get your podcasts. Many thanks. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.